Hey everyone, we're back again for another episode of the Black and Irish podcast. This time, we're going to be talking about representation in the arts. Yeah, you get a brand deal and that's lit, okay? That looks shiny on social media, but is this eating dinner? Yeah, you know, (laughs) I I wanted to be able to be that there's more of us shaping what could be for for those coming behind us beyond it looking glamorous. That's Mm. where it's going um and within the arts in general i think that applies across the board spoken word music art we want to see how we can improve representation of people of color in ireland in these industries i'm amanda ade and i'm femi bankole and our guests for today are feli speaks and ola majekundumi Today, everyone, we're going to be talking about representation in the arts. And before we delve into that, I actually want each of our guests today to introduce themselves. You guys are in working around the arts and just tell us a tiny bit about your journey within the arts in the context of representation. Yourself, Feli. In terms of representation and my journey, that's an interesting um, collision in a sentence. So I didn't... I don't have rehearsed answers, so I'm very much like, oh, that's all good. It's all natural. Yeah. That's what we want. I prefer it this way, to be honest. Yeah. Even though obviously I knew what the topic was, I was like, wow, they're asking me this question, my journey and representation. Um, generally, I started performing probably professionally uh, five years ago. I only reconciled that with myself like literally a couple of days ago. I felt like I was trapped in that moment where you're like, oh, yeah, I've only been doing it for a few years. And now I'm like, it's five. It's toddler years amount of um, creating, um, which is interesting because it still feels young. So I, I think my representation and my experience of representation in the arts is still quite young. Covering the range of things I'm currently doing, I perform in different settings. Dublin Fringe Festival was kind of like the first space that I got in that I realized oh, this is a representation space because with spoken word poetry, even though as young as it was and budding as it still is, um, when I started off at maybe age, you know, 20 um, in the the hip hop scene, um, in the club scene and the pub scene, saying poetry with a bunch of rappers in the background and, you know, getting on slots with musicians. I didn't feel like I was doing something in terms of representation. I felt like there was so many mixes of people in that space that it was, I didn't think about it like that until I started getting into more niche and nuanced spaces. And I suppose my first time um, to break down my thought process, my first time in getting into that space where I recognized that I was representing maybe being black or representing um a black Irish woman would be Dublin Fringe Festival 2018 when myself and a co-writer uh, Dagogo Hart put up Boy Child and so mm. Boy Child I think was yeah I don't know if I could call it the first or the only uh, but in that space and time and that and that year it was the only all black cast and it was um it was a poetry play as well, and it was directed by Deirdre Malloy. And so that moment felt like representation for me. Ola? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's been a long journey. So, like, I feel like this is going to be long explaining. But, like, yeah, I suppose I started... You got time. 
yeah, I started out of media when I was 14. Like, that's when I really knew that that's where I wanted to work. Before then, it was always acting, which I still kind of have an interest in. But like, it was from then on, it was just media, radio, particularly. It's just been great as well, kind of like growing in the industry as well. Like, you kind of learn a lot of do's and don'ts. So you, you become more confident as time goes on as well. Like, I've really loathed that as well. Like, and, you know, as a young person as well in the arts, you have so much to learn as well. And then things like, you know, what fees to charge and stuff. Like, when people ask you to participate in an event or that kind of thing as well. Like, you kind of learn from other people and that sort of thing. But, like, yeah, like, especially with Irish language, you know, it's been really helpful. And it's been really helping me. And, like, to be honest, that's really where my main passion would be but like I'm also able to engage in like the English language media as well. tell us a bit more about how you explored your creativity while you were growing up my journey with my creativity has been I'd say an exciting one um because I didn't place boundaries on it nor um nor did I limit how I explored it so with when I was growing up anyway it's just to stop English (laughs) when I was growing up anyway I was involved in the choir I grew up in a really kind of creative church in a youth group that kind of gave me a lot of responsibilities that (laughs) I think I was like a youth leader or assistant youth leader like I don't know 14 (laughs) um organizing bus schedules sending messages on you remember web text sending messages on web text oh I remember the days (laughs) (laughs) I got no credit where's my web text (laughs) exactly I didn't have credit and I was was the youth secretary so basically doing a lot of quite producer work which is interesting um getting people involved in this, organizing bake sales because we're trying to raise money to buy a youth bus, blah, 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 um, singing and writing. I think I wrote my first play in, in church on like an African version of Mary and Joseph <laughs> when I was like 15. You know, so I, I had a lot of room to explore and play um, with, with my imagination um, with church. And then with school, you know, the, the usual you would have... Um, you know, the tin whistle, the recorder. I was that nerd that took on my recorder and tried to match other songs that was not in the book for school. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I had all these things that school and church gave me that I probably didn't casually have at home. Um, and also the library was like my domain. I was obsessed with this place, this world. I went back to Longford Library recently and realized how small it was. But when I was a child, it was huge. You know, so I explored my creativity that way um, as a child with books, with music, with art. And I was always kind of given a space where it was like there's no boundaries and there's no limit. You could just do what you want with that space. You can lead this dance routine and you're in charge of it. Or with choir, suddenly you're on the on the stage or the altar on Sunday and you are leading a congregation of hundred people in a song or in a series of songs. So they kind of like pushed you to you you have no fear here, um, was 
the spaces where my creativity was cultivated as a child. Um, and that would be where I stopped, um, where I met spoken word poetry would be, a, I was 16 and there's just a way of expressing myself. And I was told it was spoken word poetry because a friend snuck into my copy, you know? And then I went further like, oh, there's a there's a culture for this. There's a, there's a group of people that do this thing. So I just started going on YouTube and finding all these people there. Um, so I think I learned faster the, the subculture, the weird parts before I learned about the classics. Because now when people ask me, oh, what's your favorite stuff? Like, you, know, you must love Yates. I'm like, I only started learning about Yates properly now. Like as an adult, <laughs> I wasn't really paying that much attention to school, you know? So like, I probably immersed myself in spoken word and poetry before I immersed myself in like poetry technique and poetry rhythm and, and um, discipline in the poetry realm. And over to you, Ola, how did you explore your creativity growing up? You know, how did your obsession with the Irish language come about? My obsession, or my love for the language, really, it didn't start actually until later in secondary school. And I always say, like, I went to all Irish schools anyway, so that's how I have the Irish language. And, like, I've said this story before, but, like, yeah, basically it started with, like, my dad getting leaflet in the door like and we were living down the road from Gwelskulisan Oak in Radland just thought sure why not put her in an all-Irish school and this was the year 2000 so like you know <laughs> that's unreal that's so yeah. brave honestly I like that. I couldn't yeah. I love that so much like <laughs> was that primary school secondary school you started off in, in no that was primary school yeah so I started an all-Irish primary school then went on to an all-Irish secondary school and it was in secondary school in sixth year when I was studying my leaving cert, for my leaving cert, that I found a poem, Philarish by Sean O'Riordan, and that kind of drew the passion for me to the language. Mm -hmm. But like, I started to realize that it was more than a school subject and as actual language that I could also affiliate with because of my own mother tongue, Yoruba, as well. So I was able to kind of mm -hmm. put the two together. And that's kind of how I started talking about like minority languages. It was actually kind of perfect that I then went on to study English media and cultural studies because in that course we talked a lot about like critical theory and like decolonization. Like my mindset was already there kind of, so it was like it was a yeah. good match in a way as well. And that's something like I'm still really passionate about to this day as well. I suppose like in an all our school as well, like as a black person, I did kind of question as well, like you know, as a language for someone like me, that sort of thing. So it wasn't like, you know, completely smooth process. I did have times, a lot of times, that I questioned my ability mm -hmm. for the language and that sort of thing as well. Like, you know, it, it was almost kind of by mistake that I ended up kind of working in the language afterwards as well because I knew I loved media. So, you know, Radio Liffer was there, but it just so happened that it was an all-Irish language station, which I found out about when I was in transition year. I did this course with Guaylin for like uh, work experience. So I was able to like connect the two together then afterwards when I, when I was looking for more work experience. And that's how it started. And to be honest, like I would say to myself, that's the best decision I ever made, like going over to Radio Liffa because it's an alternative station as well. So I was able to like, you know, bring myself into it a lot and like showcase my identity a lot on the station, which I love.
on your journey so far? I know, you, as you said, it's you're in toddler years, but you know, has there been any setbacks or limitations that you, <laughs> you felt? And if if any, do you think your your race has had an impact on that? Some of the setbacks has been one. I've come into the journey not knowing how big it is, not on coming into the art form, not knowing how big it could be. And so I suppose one of my setbacks has been ignorance, actually. I think I would have done much more, much quicker, much faster and better if I had more information. I suppose I've only recently found out about things like Dublin Youth Theatre, um, things like or you know just these youth groups where you start off kind of like involved in art but specifically involved in the art within the culture that kind of leads to it kind of gives you a direct path to um the adult version do you know what I mean whereas I kind of came in like oh my god this is fun oh my god creativity and then I was like um suddenly on these stages not realizing the spaces I was in does that make sense so I suppose one of the setbacks would have been not maximizing um, enough of the potentials in those moments um, for lack of not knowing. Um, so that would have been a setback. And regarding race, there would have been a there, there is a lot of setbacks regarding race. And I think it goes beyond just the online hate stuff that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about lately, um, specifically this data coming out about black women being um, disproportionately, you know, uh, targeted online, especially Twitter, da, 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 you know, all of these things. Um, so beyond online abuse and all, all of that, I think the nuanced spaces of negotiating your worth has been a setback. <laughs> Kind of like like all I mentioned, growing in confidence to be able to um, stick to your worth and to be able to uh, put value on the kinds of things that you're creating. And especially when you are within an art form that's even more niche, like, oh, you're a spoken word poet. What the hell is that? <laughs> what 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 is your day to day? How how do you put a price and a value on the things that you're asked to provide as a service? So I think there's been a few moments of like, I know you would not be asking so-and-so that I know is a great um, and well-known spoken word artist to perform for this fee. You know, those would have been things that I've considered race or age or sexuality or, or gender in association with. So that would be um, examples of setbacks. Ola, for yourself, you operate in a, in a different space or a different context to, to Feli, but just kind of on, on the same note, were there any kind of setbacks or limitations that you faced, you know, in, in your form of art? I suppose the setback is what I do, it's not, it's not like the, I don't, I don't want to say it's not the norm, but it's like, it's different. It's kind of weird to some people, black yeah. person speaking mm-hmm. Irish, like that's just, that's just different, you know? <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Huh? It's not everyone's cup of tea. And I was saying that over my Twitter before. I think I said Australia, but I was basically saying, like, you know, I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. That's fine. I think what I do, you know, maybe not a lot of people understand it. That's cool. Like, there are a lot of people out there that want this and like the stuff I'm doing and, like, are doing, are inspired by that and doing their own version of it as well. And that's great. Like, you know, I focus on the positives as much as I can. It's really about, I suppose in a way indirectly you're kind of starting a movement in some way and like I suppose movement I would be starting is to normalize this of 
someone like myself speaking this language and working in that space at the end of the day why should it be weird I'm just speaking another language like (laughs) you know why should my color come into it so much I mean you wouldn't think that if it's a black person speaking French you know so I suppose it's just changing people's perception and challenging people's you know stereotypes of others and that sort of thing as well just a question for you on that Ola um so in, in in relation to then, you know, the kind of limitations or maybe setbacks in, in your case that you felt like your race has impacted on the industry you're in, how have you dealt with that? What way do you feel you've you've attempted to overcome that? Hmm. That's a hard one to answer, actually, I suppose. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I suppose I just kept going. I've gotten a lot of knocks like anyone would and I suppose because you know what I was talking about what I do is kind of weird so I got a lot of knocks for that in my mind I suppose for a long time it has kind of been like you know why wouldn't people like what I do like it's different you know it, it can it can open doors or whatever and, and that kind of thing but I've kind of accepted that it's I'll let people see my worth in their own time I'm gonna keep doing what I do as long as I believe in my worth and the people that love me believe in me that's what all that matters and I'll keep going and I'll get to where I want to ultimately be so I suppose it's just really about like self-confidence which has been grown over time you know as I said I I started in the industry quite young you know I wasn't always confident but over time I've been kind of building my confidence and that sort of thing so like it's really helped but yeah, I suppose just having that network around you of people that believe in you and like believing in yourself is what really helps, I suppose. I remember when I was presenting a video based on a poem I wrote in Irish on the politics of black women's hair. It was for Nose. And there was a lot of racists on the comments on YouTube. It really upset a lot of people. It didn't upset me because I'm just used to it at this point. But like... <laughs> I suppose it was just great to see that community kind of like support me. And I'm talking about the Irish speaking community and just show that amount of support for me that like you are a part of this community. You're a central part of it. Don't ever feel like you shouldn't be a part of it. And that meant a lot to me. Just having that network, like I was saying, of support. Yeah. not too many people within the black Irish community that are into art but we're starting to see more right now but um it's definitely something that's upcoming and there's new waves that are happening and we're really starting to see the movement and, and the push and the flow in that seeing people like, like yourselves at the forefront of that and striving and doing really really good it's so inspiring I think for the entire community how do you see things progressing well firstly I just hope I see more black people doing spoken word in general mm. that's just just <laughs> I just yeah. like to see more of where all our cultures merge with the Irish culture because also blackness is not being a monolith and I just like to not be looked at when they're looking <laughs> be the only person they're looking at when they're looking for a spoken word black poet I just would like a huge plethora of us not you know some people just a few people I can recommend I want to I want to bump into like a lineup of young black poets that I've never met before and be wild, be excited and amazed. And I suppose that's I suppose one of the reasons why um, 
I run a show called Talkatives, which is uh, kind of like a competition between rappers and poets, and I get them to, you know, it's a slam kind of a thing, and they and and they win two hundred euro at the end of it. Um, and we had a lot of fun producing that before COVID took it away from us. But I'm hoping that um, there there are more spaces, and more um, venues, and more shows that um, give and platform young black poets and performers and give them spaces to to shine and to just do their thing. Um, and even beyond those spaces, workshops, skills, um, places where they can um, acquire a lot of these skills and to believe that it's not just a hobby. I would love that um, for the young black Irish community that are interested in, in the arts. And it's something I'm really passionate about being able to kind of map and be quite structural about what I do with my creativity and with my poetry and performance and map out some kind of a way um, for it to look stable enough to inspire somebody to pursue it because beyond the glitz and glams and okay, yeah, you get a brand deal and that's lit. Okay. That looks shiny on social media, but it's eating dinner. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I, I wanted to be able to be that there's more of us shaping what could be for for those coming behind us yeah. beyond yeah. it looking glamorous that's mm. where it's going um and it, within the arts in general i think that applies across the board there's many niches and spaces that i think i would love to see more black people in um, more black irish people that are young like being producers set designers i know there's a buddy crew of directors i mean we're podcasters there's loads of podcasters now and i want to see more but you know within the arts i think things like spoken word and theater, awkward spaces. I hope it fills up more and that there's more of us there so that more behind us don't feel strange or um, or not even strange. You know that word where you're, I'm looking for the word where you feel like you don't belong in the space or you don't own as much of that space because you don't recognize yourself. Yeah, I don't want that for us. (laughs) So Imposter syndrome kind of. Yeah, it's shitty. So that's where I see us going. Love that. Love that. And Ola. Yeah, like picking up on what Freddie Speaks was saying there, like kind of having that platform for a lot of us as well. Like, you know, with like Ireland, for example, you know, like just for people to know that like there are a whole lot of people of colour now that speak Irish. Like it's becoming a lot more popular and like it's sort of be seen as strange. And to have those people as well on the platform, like to have all these ki- different minorities on the platform and like that's something I said on Twitter uh like a while ago like you know to have that Irish language media like I want to see more minorities on screen and on air and I even just looking back over the last I want to say a year has been the last year has probably been more intense but last let's say two to three years there ha- definitely has been a shift we're definitely seeing a lot more people from the black and mixed race Irish community you know stepping into these spaces and, and the arts and the, in that industry so I think there definitely has been a shift and hopefully that will only keep going further like I said before you guys are definitely at the forefront of that you guys are definitely creating the wave so thank you thank you for opening doors for you know people coming behind you and, and we see you we see the work that you're doing we see the moves that both of you guys are making and honestly although you are a testament to yourselves but I think for the community it definitely does it does mean a lot and it does mean a lot to to see people that look like us in these spaces and and doing these things so we really do appreciate you just think it's been fantastic to listen to these powerful black women speak 
Um, and I hope if any, anyone else listening to this feels as empowered and enamored to take on the arts as I do, even though I have zero talent. Oh man. That's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Black and Irish podcast. Check us out on our socials at black underscore and Irish and subscribe to the podcast at rte.ie forward slash podcast. Mm-hmm.